Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. That's a bit of our word today, rise. <laughs> and I was just praying this week, or not just this week, but especially this week, also for today, for all of us, also for those who, who can't always come if they're not well and things like that. And I just felt God keep repeating that word, rise, rise, rise. And I'm trying to think, well, what else is with that word? You have bread that rises in the oven or Andrea likes baking, cakes. We're not into bread yet. We want to, but like cake that rises, you know, you look at it and it rises. It really builds up. And that's what God wants to do on the inside of us. And then this morning, uh, thank you, Caroline. You did such a good job with the prayer meeting. We were praying for the service today. And she just felt, oh, like God has raised us up. And I was like, yes, <laughs> Caroline, like this kind of sense of raising. And the Bible says that he's the lifter of our heads, like he lifts our heads high. And we were just praying this morning that if any of us feel like our heads are down a little bit, that whew, there will be new life and new strength in our hearts today. And God would literally lift our heads. Yeah, we can focus and we can look forward and we're not going to be downcast. We're going to be lifted up. So as you might know, or might not know uh, quite yet, but as a church, we're going through the book of Ephesians, right? So today, uh, well, last week in Church in the Home, we met in three different locations and we unpacked the first, well, the half of the first chapter. And we did Ephesians chapter one, with the first 14 verses. And I've had such good feedback from people and how you found it and you could really contribute and ask questions and chip in and share your own experience. Um, so today, slightly different setting as you obviously know, we're all in one massive living room, but we're going to be in Ephesians again. And this time we're doing the second half of the chapter. So it's not that long, it's a few verses. And what we're going to do first, we're going to read it together. So if you do have a Bible, um, you can open Ephesians chapter 1, starting from verse 15. And if you don't, that's fine. It will appear on the screen. <laughs> I've got a big Bible for you. And so Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 15. And we're just going to unpack a few verses, but the theme that will run through... I, I hope, I think, it's just the sense of rising, rising up in who we are. The subtitle on the slate here says, Ephesians, living in the life and power of who we are in Christ. There's a lot of, this is what God has made us. This is what God has done. And we'll find that. Let's rise. Let's rise in there. Let's believe that. Let's live in that. Let's walk in that. So are you ready? Shall we go on this journey? Yes, good. Right, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. For this reason... Ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you and my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you, you, which is you sitting on that chair right now, right? As he's praying for you, I'm praying for you that as well, that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Are we thankful for that? <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for that. Your power, your strength in us today. That power 
is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. We were singing about that earlier. He raised Christ from the dead and he seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, which we're experiencing now, but also in the age to come. And God, God himself placed all things under his feet, under Jesus' feet, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him. There's a lot of fullness there. The fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Right, let's jump back to the beginning, right? For this reason, I'm giving thanks. He's giving thanks. He says, I've never stopped giving thanks. I don't know about you, but if you're trying to also, like me, develop this habit of giving thanks, because <laughs> it seems to be good for us, um, that really changes you. I don't know about you, but sometimes you get up in the morning, you just feel a little bit like, yeah, I'm not quite ready for what's happening today. But just to give thanks lifts you straight away. Like, I don't know. And sometimes... I need to choose to give thanks because I don't feel like that. But it's like that. I'm always giving thanks. I'm always giving thanks. And what can you give thanks for? The simplest things I've heard someone say, I usually start with, thank you, Lord, I have running water. Thank you, Lord, I can have a shower. Not everyone has that, by the way, just, just to pop our Bible. But we have so much to be thankful for. And sometimes we can be overwhelmed with things of life and we just lose sight. But actually, there are things. And if you think about it, what can you be thankful for? The person next to you, the smile on their face. I can see some people doing a little color. Um, that's good. <laughs> and friends, family, us here. Um, good weather. Thank you, Lord. There's so much to be thankful for. But then there's some other things we can be thankful for, some God things that he has blessed us with and he has given us. So Paul, the one who's writing this um, letter, in verse 17, he says, I keep asking that our that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of revelation and wisdom so you may know him better. That's also something you might do or might not do in the morning. I tend to do that with different words. I give thanks and then I say, God, I want to know you today. I want to know you today. I want to know you every step of the way. Not just I have a bit of a prayer time and then I sort of, right, let's do the rest of the day. But I want to take Jesus in my prayer time. I want to take him with me through the day. <laughs> and... Um, I quoted earlier from Psalm 23, which you, uh, uh, you might know. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. But there's that picture of him walking with us. He never lets the sheep just go randomly. And actually, the Bible says if a sheep does go randomly off, he says, come, come back. But what the shepherd wants to do is just go with the sheep, just walk with the sheep up and down, up the hills, down the mountains. It's taking Jesus with us. And this prayer, we, we, we don't ever have to stop praying this. I want to know you better. And there's so much power in knowing God. And, it, and God wants to take it a step further because he says, and I want to reveal my heart to you. I want to reveal my thoughts to you, like how I think and how I am. You know, when you get to know a friend, when you get to know someone, you share thoughts, you share ideas. Where are you coming from? Why do you think like that? And that's how God wants our times with him to be like. I don't quite understand that. What did you, God, what does that mean? Oh, right, I understand. And it's that conversation. It's, yes, we're talking to him, but that's only half of prayer, <laughs> right? Prayer is we're sharing, but prayer is God wants to share. God wants to share. 
And maybe some of us, um, just I want you to be refreshed that God wants to talk to you. <laughs> Sounds very simple, but God wants to share his heart. And he's already said a lot of words, <laughs> you know, um, and we're reading some of these words today. But we can always hear the voice of God in the Bible, like all of those things. And, and when Paul says, you know, I pray that you would know him better. At the same time, there's God's desire to, I want you to know me better. Like, so if you're reading this, maybe in your own time or even this morning, Yes, we can hear those words. I pray that we would know him better. But let's hear the heart of God behind it. Why is Paul praying that? Paul knows God's heart. Paul is praying, oh, so much on God's heart that you would know him. It's so much on God's heart that you would know his hope, his life, his goodness. Just come, come listen. That you may know him better. And when it says the spirit of wisdom and revelation, it's the Holy Spirit. It's, it's God. But God on the earth, God now, God here, right? And the, the wisdom of God or the wisdom from the Spirit is not just common sense. Common sense is good and hopefully we all have common sense, right? But God's wisdom is just on another level. Like maybe you found this, maybe you're in this moment right now where you're sometimes stuck in a situation and you have no idea what to choose. And if you try and work it out, you actually get a bit crazy and you can't work it out because it's a bit of a dilemma every path that you have in front of you is good and bad and but then God can come in and give you wis wisdom he can whisper wisdom into your ear that completely changes firstly your perspective <laughs> on the person on the circumstance but actually like I need to do that and if if you're journeying with God and we'll come to that a, a little in a little while in a little moment but he says my spirit will come to live in you so for some, of that, good, for some of us, good reminder, the Holy Spirit is in you. Um, and if you want to know God, he will pour his spirit into you, which means you've got a spirit of wisdom on the inside of you, wisdom that's literally beyond you, where he can just give you a clue, maybe at work, or we were talking earlier about being in a school setting, a teacher or driving or whatever. God can just give you a clue what to do with that child or what to do with that coworker or, or how to solve something. And it might just drop in your head. But it's not your cleverness, so sorry, no credit to you. Sometimes I can give you credit. But it's the Holy Spirit being like, nudge, nudge, just, just go down that route. Or, you know, maybe there are tricky things in your family. But my prayer for you is now that the Holy Spirit of wisdom and revelation will just rise in you. And where we've maybe settled for less, we're actually saying, God, I want to rise up with your spirit of wisdom and revelation. And where we maybe have almost given up on a situation because it seems so tricky, God, I want to rise. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. That's the thanksgiving again, which we also keep coming back to probably through the whole series. We can give thanks. And that's how we access God's goodness, right? We give thanks. Thank you, Lord. I might not know what to do, but I thank you. You've given me your spirit of wisdom. You've given me your spirit of revelation that the things I don't understand or know, you can help me. You can tell me. You can give me a clue. Whatever I need, I have in you. Let's read a bit on. So verse 17, the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you would know him better. Then he goes on in verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. A lot of people always try and convince the mind and the mind's important and God has blessed us with thinking and rational thinking. But there's something beyond your head understanding where God wants to meet you here, where the deepest part of your being you would know in your heart so Paul writes, I pray that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened or opened or lit up where there was a dark room. I pray that God would switch on the light in order that you may know. And then there are three things now. Are we ready for the three? In order that you may know the hope 
And in this world, and I probably don't have to tell you that, it's pretty easy to become hopeless or dis despairing or, or, or depressed if you, if you look what's going on around you, maybe on your own life. But actually, in the midst of all the chaos, God wants to say, I've given this one hope, and I've given that one hope, and I've given that one hope. So we're carriers of hope. But to be honest, maybe sometimes also for you and me, we can... Uh, Uh, sort of come under that a little bit on oh yeah actually it is tricky but what God wants to do is let hope arise amen anyone wants that to happen in their hearts right now let hope arises in your heart and my heart for your life for your situation for the people around you for this world for hope to rise because actually there is good hope the Bible says that Jesus is going to come there's going to be new heaven new earth so whatever the chaos there's hope right and it might be there but I can see it And I pray that you are also someone who sees hope. I can see it on the horizon. I can see it. It's not the end. It's not over. There is hope. So Paul prays that your eyes are, the eyes of your heart are enlightened, that you may know the hope to which he's called you. And also the hope that if we put our faith in Jesus, we're safe, like literally safe, right? And if we... If we've got our heads around the fact that this life is not the only life, like there's life after you pass away, you know, but there are, there are two options. It's that straightforward. You're either going to spend eternity with him or not. Like it's, it's nice as we sometimes try and package it and, and, and put an arm around the shoulders. Yeah, it's going to be okay. Well, actually, the Bible says it's pretty clear that either you know God at the end of your life or you don't. But what the Bible also says is, God wants to know you and he wants you to know him and he's made a way. It's our choice and God has given us choice. And part of me wants to say, thank you, Lord, you've given me choice. And part of me is like, but help me make the right choices, right? Because sometimes that's not so easy. But what God wants is that we know him and that we can know one day, do you know what? I'm going to be with him. I'm safe. And I've, I've talked to some people that, I don't want this to sound like serious and everything, but I talked to some people and it was someone actually when I was still in Germany and he was sort of, um, um, I, I don't know if you would call it a vicar or a priest in that kind of um, denomination, but he would go around to people when they were elderly and they were in their last moments. And he says, he said to me, and I'll never forget this, he said, you can see who knows God and who doesn't. Not by their mouth confession or theoretical ideas or worldviews. Some of them just have a peace. And they said, I know where I'm going. I know exactly where I'm. I've, been, I've known my Jesus all my life and I'm going to be with him and whatever. <laughs> Some know, but you know what he also said to me? Some really don't. And they've been going to church for years, and, but they're just afraid. Right? Anyone with me? Like, and sometimes also at my age, I don't think about like whenever I, it's my time to go, but actually there is a reality. And sometimes we need to ask those questions or remind ourselves that actually if we know Jesus, we have hope. If we know Jesus, we're going to be safe. Like, it's fine. But... It's not just knowing him then, it's knowing him now. We can know him now. That's going to be the blessed life and the life of hope. But there is hope for this life and for eternity. Now, the next thing, that you may know the hope to which he's called you and also the riches of his glorious inheritance. The riches of his glorious inheritance. I just want to jump back uh, for a few verses into chapter Well, we're all read chapter one, but verse three to six of Ephesians. So if you have your Bible, you can go with that. And Rory will find it on the screen too. Ephesians one, verse three to six. Because it talks about the glorious inheritance. 
It says in verse 3, Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, past tense, who has already blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And verse, verse 4 says, For He chose us, God chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. We are chosen. You are chosen today and you can accept what He has on offer for you. In love, verse 5, in love he predestined us, he called us and predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely, can everyone say freely? Freely. How free is that? Very. <laughs> he has freely given us in the one he loves. Now, there's a lot of love. There's a lot of choice on God's side. But again, you know, we have free will and all of that. We can choose to choose him back or not. But from his side, God is saying, I've chosen you. I've called you and I have blessed you. It says, for he has already blessed us in Christ. Now, we want to unpack that for a little moment. Um, we are, when you put your faith in Jesus, it says, God puts you in Christ. Now, that sounds a bit crazy, maybe, but let's look it up in the Word. So in Galatians 3, you can, if you want to turn that, keep your finger in Ephesians. We'll go back, um, but also be on the screen. In Galatians 3, verse 26, it says, So in Christ, Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. In Christ, we're all children of God through faith. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself in Christ. In a different translation, it says, you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus. So it's when we put our faith in him, the Bible says when we um, acknowledge that Jesus is Lord and he was raised from the dead, if we confess that with our mouth, we will be saved. It says, if you put your faith in him, you're a son or a daughter, no exclusions, <laughs> right? You're a son and a daughter, let, just, let that just sink in for a moment. Whether you've made that choice about Jesus yet or not yet, but let just sink in, right? I put my faith in him. That changes something about me. And what does it change? It makes you a son and a daughter. So it puts you into family. I'm just letting the penny drop a bit more. So if you've put your faith in Jesus already, you're a son and you're a daughter. You're a son and you're a daughter. And the thing we just read in the early bit of Ephesians, that he has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. That's a lot. Like, that's a lot. And I have no idea how much it is, but it's a lot. Like, all the heavenly blessings are yours in Christ, are yours because he put you into Christ. You put your faith in him and he puts you somewhere else. <laughs> he puts you in Christ. And you're like, you can imagine that as like, I'm surrounded by Christ. Like it says in that scripture I just read in Galatians, you're clothed with Christ. Just a picture. Like how do you explain spiritual realities? You try and use pictures. That's why we have so many stories and parables in the Bible. So it's like a cloth. Maybe you've put your coat on this morning. Anyone has a coat? You can wiggle it around a bit. You've been clothed with Christ. But also Christ comes to live within you. Anyway, are, we follow, are we with us? Yeah. So we put our faith in him. He puts us in Christ. We're surrounded, enveloped with Christ. Christ is in us. Or in other words, the Holy Spirit comes to live within us. 
He's everywhere. Like, that's, that's amazing. And I believe what, for those of us who have heard it before, like, let's just breathe that in, actually. Right, I'm in Christ. I'm in Christ. I'm surrounded. I'm filled. I'm enveloped. And then it says, He has blessed you in Christ with every spiritual blessing. And here's the Thanksgiving bit again. Sometimes we forget, and then like a moment like this morning, I remind us, and we're like, oh, yeah, that's so good. But tomorrow when I'm not there, and I promise you I won't be there when you get up in the morning because that's strange. But <laughs> I will be there for you, darling. <laughs> I will be actually really there. Otherwise, that would be strange. But tomorrow morning when it comes to it and you're like, I don't know what to do with today, you can rise up and say, thank you, Lord, I'm a child of God. Come on, like, thank you, Lord, I can conquer today. I can do today. And that's not just positive thinking. There's a spiritual reality that backs you up. Because you get up and you say, thank you, Lord, I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I belong. I'm part of family that conquers every lie that you're not accepted and that you're not loved. If we remind ourselves in the morning, <laughs> sorry, I got on about the morning, but that's when your brain starts ticking, I guess. Um, if we remind ourselves, I'm loved, I'm chosen, I'm a son and I'm a daughter, I'm part of a family, I'm not by myself. And sometimes it feels like that, but I'm not by myself, right? Something rises up within you and it's not just positivity. That's how the world would try and argue it. But if we know God and if we've got His Spirit, His Spirit rises up within us. And so what the Bible says is to become strong in the Spirit. What does that mean? It means we remind ourselves of truth. Yeah? So we remind ourselves of the truth that, thank you, Lord, that when I, and I, I do that sometimes, thank you, I do it quietly because you're doing your own prayer. But <laughs> um, thank you, Lord, that I'm a son, that you have blessed me, that today I'm blessed. I'm going to walk in blessing today and I'm not going to allow anything to discourage me or put me off. I'm in Christ. I'm blessed. Like, and you can speak that out 20 times if you need it, but something rises. And then what God wants that we journey with him. And it doesn't have to be every day, but it was my recommendation to you. But imagine if every day you get up and you remind yourself of truth and that Spirit of God rises and gets stronger in you, how do you think you're going to battle the next challenge you face? Right? How, if something comes your way, of course it might put you off for a moment, but actually you're going to be like, wait, wait, wait. God says I'm blessed. So I'm going to speak blessing over that. I don't understand it yet, but I've been blessed with wisdom, with understanding. Now, all his heavenly blessings in, in the spiritual realm, that's a lot, right? But I give you a few examples. You're blessed with peace, right? So I think one thing that God wants us to do is know our identity and rise up in truth. So if you've been blessed with peace, I want to encourage you, and I'm on this journey myself right now, I'm pulling on that peace. I'm like downloading it. Click that button. You've got a good connection on the, to the internet, right? Like download that piece and don't allow the enemy to steal, kill and destroy. Like and sometimes life happens and we need one another. We need to stand together and sometimes things don't go our way. That's okay. But it's both. We put an arm around each other and we say, it's okay. And we walk this through together. But it's also, I'm standing with you in faith. Come on, I'm standing with you. We're not going to allow the enemy to steal, kill or destroy. Anyone, anyone wants that as well? Anyone wants to rise up to that saying, no, we're not going to allow the enemy to steal, kill and destroy. We're rising up and we're saying, thank you. I'm just downloading peace right now. I'm downloading joy right now. And I don't feel like it, but I'm downloading joy and hope and life. And maybe your mind needs a bit more to catch up. It will catch up, but it's in our spirit we rise first. It's in our spirit we rise first. And that's the thing God wants to build. So when, um, when Pastor Clive, our senior pastor, when he had these words for the autumn, 
And maybe you've heard me say them before, but I find them so encouraging. And we pray them for all of us this morning that we will be built up and encouraged. There was another one. Strengthened, built up and encouraged. Where does that start? Here. But it starts with you and me taking hold of truth. Like, all right, I'm reading this. What does that mean for me? God you, God, you want me to know your hope. You want me to know you. Thank you, Lord. I can know you today. Thank you, Lord. I can rise in my spirit today. Thank you, I can overcome things that come against me today. And you're backed up by heaven, right? Amen. Where were we? <laughs> but, but Ephesians 1 verse 18, I pray the eyes of your heart will be enlightened. Then we've done the hope. And then we've tackled a little bit. We've scratched the surface of the glorious inheritance. What is he praying? He prays that you would know it. Not that you would have it, because you have it. I let that sink in as well. He doesn't pray. I pray that Andrew would have an inheritance. No, no, you're a son. You have an inheritance. You're a son. You have been blessed. And that's the tricky thing sometimes in our heads. I'm like, we have been blessed, past tense, but I don't, I don't know if I can see that right now. But what the life of faith does, it speaks of things that aren't as if they are, right? But they actually are, but they're in the spirit. So it's downloading that. Hopefully you remember that analogy. And we don't have Wi-Fi yet, so I'm really thinking of how can I download stuff at home. But I've ordered it. It will come next week, hopefully. Thank you, Jesus. But in God, wherever you are, you can access heaven's riches and you can download some stuff. And God wants to impart his reality into our reality. Okay, here's a simple version of that. When did Jesus talk about that? Like, that's a letter from Paul. Well, what did he teach us to pray? Anyone know the Lord's Prayer, the first few lines? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Right, so there's something in heaven that God wants to see on earth. It doesn't mean that everything on earth is like heaven, right? No, no, no. That's why he teaches us to pray. Pray that my kingdom come, that my will be done, because my will isn't that you are in pain, that you're sick, that now, I want to stand with you and say, it's okay. And I want to love you. And we're not judging any of us. I'm on my own journey with things as well. But what we also want to do is stand with each other in faith, right? Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. His will is for us to have life and life in all its fullness. And I believe he wants us to rise up to that. Thank you, Lord. You have given me life in all its fullness. And then he says that heaven would come to earth. And it starts with you and me. It doesn't start out there. Or we're not waiting for the news to catch up. <laughs> they will. But like heaven comes to you first. And so I know I'm repeating myself, but we put our faith in Christ. Christ comes to live within us, surrounds us, right? Heaven is on earth now in, in some kind of measure, right? So what we believe as Christians then, and this is a good reminder for all of us, when we pray, we're praying that heaven would come. And we might word it as, we pray that you're strengthened and encouraged. We pray that, that you'll be healed. We pray that you'll be forgiven. What is that? All the riches of heaven released. So you can think of yourself as a conduit of God's power. Amen. Anyone with me? You are a conduit of heaven. Who else is God going to use? Like, think about it. Who else is God going to use to bring hope and life and faith and goodness? It's you. He chose humankind. And the Bible is full of, and if you've read it a bit, you're full of people that get it right and get it wrong. And they fail and they, they don't quite get it. And, but it's, 
it's okay. Like, and maybe your story is like that. You sometimes get it right, you sometimes get it wrong. But what the Bible does say is God is in the midst of it and God is for us and God is not against us. So whatever your head right now tells you, God is for you. And whatever your journey has been, let's draw a line and say, right, from today, I want to I lay hold of that faith. I want to lay hold of that inheritance. That's the life of faith. Faith doesn't look at the circumstances and then analyze it. We understand what's going on, but actually faith is tapping into more. Faith is tapping into those heavenly riches, that health, that wholeness, that life, that goodness, that strength, that hope. And maybe you can feel that I'm a bit excited about it, but it's not just human excitement. I believe that as I'm speaking that, there's also something the Bible says, as we speak it out, it's released. So my prayer has been all week, come on, is that there will be an impartation of life to you now. Why would I believe that? Well, what else do I believe then? Like if Jesus says heaven on earth, well, that's what I believe happens right now. That you are lifted up, that you are encouraged, that you are strengthened. But it's not just me, it's you now and also tomorrow at work and your home. You're a conduit of life. You're a conduit of power. You're a conduit of his presence. And that's the next bit. So the inheritance, we've done a little bit. Verse 19 says, so Paul is praying that you would know in experience, right? Verse 19 says, his incomparably great, power for us who believe. So there's a power. Now let's read a bit more about that power. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted, that is God the Father, when he raised Christ from the dead. You know that resurrection power? Do you know where that is right now? You've been listening. You're a good bunch of people. Like it's in you. You put your faith in Jesus. He comes to live within you. That's resurrection. Sorry literally, literally resurrection power in your spirit. So what happens when we pray for someone to get healed? We ex we're trusting that some of that is released to you, right? So um, over everyone who is in the world, we prayed earlier, but resurrection power, life, and it's literally Jesus was crucified. He died, right? I hope this is not news for anyone. If it is, good news. Jesus died, took your sin. He was put in a grave, but... He didn't stay in the grave. And we talked about that a few weeks ago. He rose up. And for some of us, yeah, that's a story we know. No, yeah, but it's a reality now. That makes a difference to you now. Because that same spirit, the Bible says, has come to live in you now. So I want to encourage you every day, if you can, I want to encourage you to do that. Just rise up. Rise up with the spirit God has given you. Give, th like, give thanks. That's how we access it. I always, that's my journey. I, give, I access it by giving thanks because it's the language of faith. Thanksgiving. Um, Lord, I thank you. I've got resurrection power in me today. Whatever comes my way, if anyone needs anything, I don't have the answer. Christ has. What's the secret? Christ in me, in you right? That's the secret for your workplace or for your home situation, for the world, to the hopelessness, to the despair. It's Christ in you, but it's not the concept of Christ. It's the reality of Christ. Maybe you remember Andy Elms was with us in July, I think it was, and he talked about the actuality of God, where for some of us, and if you've grown up maybe around church, you've heard a lot, you've seen a lot, a church, maybe your school was a church school or something like that, an Anglican school, that's great, you know a lot, but to know the power of God in your experience, and the good news is it's available now, today. So let me come back to something I said earlier, you're a son and a daughter, God is giving you an inheritance now. 
Um, I'm going to just go there even now. I know time is ticking and you might want a tea or coffee, which you will get. <laughs> That's good hope and sure and certain hope. You will get a tea and coffee. But I just felt there was something God wanted us to remember. And it's a story many of us probably would have heard. And it's a story of two sons. A father has two sons. And one son says, I had enough. I just want to get rid of, like, leave here. And he says, Father, give me my inheritance. So he divides the property and all the money. And we've just moved house. So I've learned a little bit more about property and numbers and believe in God. And thank you, Jesus, you fulfill prayer. But hallelujah. So he's divided property, inheritance to these two sons. One stays. The other goes off and sort of spends it all. And the Bible talks about how tricky his journey is. And he basically ends up literally in the dirt. And then he comes back to his father and was like, oh, I'm actually not really worthy to be here. You know, we know the story. And the father's like, no, come back. It's fine. Like, you're completely restored, completely all of that. But what about the other son, the one that stayed? Because the father in that story puts on a party for the son that returns. Like, I'm so glad you're back. Let's celebrate. Let's spend loads of money. And I guess they were drinking wine and whatever they were doing. And the older son is like, what's going on there? I'm paraphrasing it, right? That's not a new Bible translation. What's going on there? Like, dad, I'm not going to go into that party. You've never given me anything, the older one says. Right? So he's a bit more of a, he's been around church. He's been around the family. He's been around, God, you've never given me anything. Why did you do that for that guy that just comes back and he squandered your inheritance? He spent all the money. He was not responsible. He was not wise. I've been a good boy. You have never given me anything to even celebrate with my friends. What does the father say? I know it, but I just want to read it out. The father says, my son, you're always with me. Everything I have is yours. Rory, if you can find the scriptures, Luke 15, the last one, I think. I can't find it in my notes. My son, he says to the, the father, you're always with me. You've been there all the time. Everything I have is yours. And it struck me one day, and we talked about this church at home last week, um, in where I was... Um, Everything God has is mine. So if you can connect it back to Ephesians, what we just read, you've been blessed with an inheritance, your son, your daughter, I got you all excited. Um, you've been blessed with an inheritance now, not in the future, it's now. Some of us live like we don't have it or we squander it. We're like, it doesn't matter, it's not important. Maybe some of us, maybe, I don't know. Um, we're living in some of it, but actually we're forgetting that it's there now. The father says, son, you're always with me. You could have asked me. You could have taken it by faith. And what God wants us to, do you know what? God is always going to teach us to walk by faith. Is that a surprise to anyone? I'm on this journey. I'm realizing every, every step God is going to lead is going to require faith. Otherwise, it wouldn't be him. That's my natural inclination then, right? If you can work out your situation yourself, I don't know if God is leading you to the extent that he wants to. Because actually, I don't know why it is, but, but he's calling us to be a people of faith and to believe him, right? So when Peter, another story in the Bible, steps out the boat, he says, Jesus, if it's you, call me. And Jesus says, come. And maybe there are some things in our hearts where we're like, Jesus, if that's you, call me. And I just want to encourage you to listen to that. And I just, just come, come. But it's going to be a journey of faith. And he walked on water, which is crazy to the natural mind. But with Jesus, nothing is impossible. He's going to call you and us individually, but us as church, he's going to call us to walk on water. I'm trying to see if you're excited or not, because it's also maybe a bit uncomfortable and a bit scary, but actually that's where the supernatural happened. The guys in the boat, they were watching it. Peter was walking it, right? 
I just made that up. <laughs> no, thank you, Jesus. No credit. All to you. I don't just want to be the one watching what God is doing, right? And it's nice and it's exciting, but it's always over there. And I've lived too many years when I was younger watching someone else do something and thinking, how does that ever connect? And what I said today was some of the things that changed my life, literally. Now, it takes a while to process and live that. But I don't just want to watch it. I want to walk it. But it means I have to step out that boat. It means I have to put my life on that line and say, Jesus, I'm going to come follow you, even if it's literally water and it's unstable and it doesn't make sense. But Jesus, if it's you, maybe you remember those words. Jesus, if it's you, I'm going to come. If it's you, I'm going to come. If it's you, I'm going to come. Um. One more scripture and then we finish Ephesians. I'm doing this in five minutes. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. In Romans 8, verse 16 to 17, just to encourage you again. Romans 8, verse 16 to 17 says, The Spirit of God Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, we are heirs and heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. That's a revelation. Let's, let's thank God for that every day this week, right? That we get it more. But it says the Spirit himself testifies. Some of us struggle to believe that we're children of God. And I just want to encourage you, it's truth. Stand on the truth, rise up in that truth, and just give thanks for it. And that truth is going to grow in you, and the reality will be released. His Spirit testifies we're God's children. We're children, we're heirs. So the two... Here's the summary of, our mess, of the message today, what I felt God give me, is to remind us of our identity as sons and daughters, right, all of that, and to rise up in our authority. I say that one more time. To remind us of our identity spiritually, sons and daughters with inheritance, blessed. Identity and authority. Because with that authority now, I'm just going to read the last few verses of Ephesians. It allows us to say no, and he backs us up with saying no. So, end of verse 19, Ephesians says, The power is the same mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Where is that Jesus seated? That Jesus that lives within you? That Jesus that's for you, not against you? He is seated, verse 21, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. That's a lot. Come on then. Far above all rule, all authority, all power, all government, all whatever, all stuff. Every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but in the one to come. And God placed all things under Jesus' feet and appointed him to be the head for everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything. Now, we could talk about that for another few weeks, but, but just for today, I want to encourage you to go back and take hold of those scriptures for yourself but let's rise up with who you are and who I am. Come on, your spirit, will, I promise you, if you do this, your spirit is going to get stronger. Your spirit is going to get stronger. And then to rise up in our authority, and we're going to say no to some stuff. We're going to say no to the enemy to steal, come, destroy. We're going to say yes to his life. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.